Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome into Trust the Tape, episode 39,000. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter, and I'm alongside my co-host, the greatest college football mind on the internet or the planet. Uh, it's Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on the Twitter. Good morning, Dane. Morning. How are we doing today? Not good. It was a terrible weekend of college football. Terrible. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Oh, wait. My guy Lamb Lamb lost. Oklahoma. My adopted... Well, I just adopted him, though. I can leave. Yeah. So I'm out on OU. Time to bail. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, OU is great. I enjoyed being a fan. And I'm, uh, I'm excited about my future with the Horn Frogs. Hey, undefeated. Yeah, excited about my future with the Horn Frogs. So, okay. What Until a, Oklahoma what a knocks them off. Hey, 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 hey. What happens? Hey, um... I'll have to pick a different conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just had to get out. I think OU is going to ruin the whole conference now. I think that that's what have they you just heard did. about Clemson. I, what they're doing these days. I've heard about them. I don't I can't jump onto a team with a new quarterback though. I need somebody who's been there a while. Okay. I need somebody that's established. Well, you could just I might be a Washington State guy. I might jump over to Mike Leach. I tell you, if you're a, a new to college football looking to maybe buy in, I the team to look out for, Georgia. You see, they got just got the top quarterback recruit for next year's recruiting class. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Play three quarterbacks? Well, I mean, they've they've got the top guy from two years ago, Jacob Eason. The top guy this past year, uh, Jake Fromm. Eason, who got hurt, was the starter. He, I assume, he's going to transfer. I, I mean, the way Fromm's been playing, if he stays healthy this year, we're not going to see Eason throw another meaningful pass this season. And then with Fields, this top recruit who. People think could be better than all all three of them, or all, the best of the three. You know, for Jacob Eason, I would think he'd transfer, but who knows? I mean, it's never a problem to have too many quarterbacks. Well, uh, pretty much everybody else in the SEC would probably like to borrow one. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but recapping the action, um, it feels like it was a month ago already, but last Thursday we had NC State knocking off Louisville. We talked about it. This could have been one of the biggest games of the weekend because you have your guy, Lamar Jackson. Hey, does his team kind of suck? The offensive line doesn't do him any favors. Yeah. And he was missing his top receiver in that game, Jalen Smith, who... He was because Jalen was playing for the Cowboys. Yeah, and both didn't look that great. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's true. But, I mean, Jalen Smith, he's... I know he's not like a future first-round pick, but he's easily... Lamar Jackson's top target. He's a good-sized athlete, um, and without having him, you know, it really showed. But the story of this game was more about NC State. I thought, uh, you know, we talked about the defense, how good Bradley Chubb is. That entire defensive line filled with future NFL players, uh, and then on offense, uh, Ryan Finley. You know, you've had that girlfriend where it wasn't love at first sight. It was kind of yeah, you, you kind of like her. The more you hang out with her, you're like, okay, there might be something there. That's Ryan Finley. You know, you watch him and you don't... I'm a more superficial guy, Dane. They're either super hot when I meet them or they're not, you know? That's oh, kind of okay. where... That's, that's kind of where Good to go. know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I've had that experience. Yeah. You you, yeah, you yeah. hang out with a girl and okay. you just, Okay. All of a sudden, you know what? There might be something here and that's that's Ryan Finley. Okay. You're ruining my comparison here. 
Uh, but Finley, he's a guy that doesn't have those elite traits. You know, he's not the biggest. The, the arm's good, not great, but he's so efficient. He's He hasn't thrown a pick yet this year. 10-0 to uh, touchdown interception ratio. He hasn't thrown a pick going back to last November. It's like 288 straight pass attempts. So really impressive what Ryan Finley was doing. And he allows his weapons to uh, you know do a lot of the work. And we talked about Jalen Samuels, how uh, versatile he is as a rusher, receiver, blocker, how important that is to that team. And then Naheem Hines, uh, the running back. It looks almost like a slot receiver, but he's a tough little dude at running back. One of the fastest guys in college football. He doesn't get enough credit for his impact for that offense. And I, I think with teams, NFL teams, looking, it's a copycat league, you know, we've talked about, looking for maybe that next Tyreek Hill type of player. Naheem Hines at NC State is a guy to look out for because not only is he a running back for that team, but he's very good out of the backfield as a receiver. He's a returner, kicks, punts, and he's also a gunner on special teams. So when you can do all those things, impact your team in, in all those different ways, you're going to be valued high by NFL teams. And so I think Naheem Hines, uh, I'm a big fan of his. He's a guy to watch moving forward. But what about Louisville? What about Lamar Jackson? What what does this mean for them moving forward? I think Lamar is going to – I saw some of the numbers you were tweeting out. I think Lamar is going to be really interesting when you talk about NFL evaluation because I don't know where I'm going to be with him yet. I know that I love the idea of having uh, such a dynamic athlete at quarterback, and I think – that at this point he's a better passer than most of the guys that we see in college football that are that athletic, right? Like you see tons mm-hmm. of guys that in college football they can win because they can outrun people and they can run people over and they play quarterback. I think he's better than that. So I don't, I'll be interested to get to the end of the season and really watch tape on Lamar because I think I would want him in the first round as a quarterback in the NFL despite the fact that you know – I think some of the numbers you were tweeting out was it on his deep balls. It was just way off Yeah, uh, on Thursday, way off. And I've seen things where when you try to go down the field a little bit to the sidelines, it can be way off. So th- there's things to work on. But that like that's it's got to be normal for the hyper-athletic guy. You know, it has to be hard to become a polished passer when you're that good because I think about middle school, high school, college. Your coaches may spend some time on it, but ultimately they don't care. Right. Because ultimately our job is to win a football game. And if you can't make that throw, take off. Yeah. It's it's going to work your whole life Fair until point. the NFL. Then we got to figure that stuff out. And I guess you kind of got to look around for examples of guys who have figured those things out. And if not, how far can you get? Right. Well, Vince and, Young made a splash in the NFL. He was right. successful for a run. As a rookie. RG3 yeah. was successful for a run until he got hurt. Well, and the player that he's compared to most, Vic, you know, he obviously he was needed successful. Some, yeah, he needed some time, though. I mean, he he came out as a redshirt sophomore, had only two years uh, at Virginia Tech before he went to the pros with the number one overall pick. And he needed some time and eventually settled in before, you know, broke his leg and everything else happened with with his career. But... No, I think you're right, because Lamar Jackson's so used to doing everything fast. And sometimes, as a quarterback, you need to calm down. And you see that with his feet. You see that with his mechanics. Um, you know, I, I did. I, ch- I went back, and I rewatched the game. I charted every single throw. And throws that traveled between 5 and 16 yards in the air. Uh, I'm not talking about yards after catch or, or even throwaways. Those don't count. Just throws that he made between 5 and 16 yards. He threw for 74% completions. I mean, 74% accurate. Uh, but throws over 16 yards, he had 11 of them. 
only one was accurate, which was the touchdown throw, which was an outstanding throw. But for the most part, he just didn't show much touch down the field. And it's something that all of a sudden, it's not like Lamar Jackson's going to free fall down draft boards. That's not what this is about at this point. You just want to see progression. You want to see development. And Louisville has played two legit defenses to this point. Clemson and now NC State. Two defenses with future NFL players on it. And for both games, uh, Lamar Jackson has underwhelmed. And I think, you know, full context, we mentioned at the top, offensive line's not doing him any favors. Uh, missing his top receiver. So it's a little bit of that Superman, you know, got to do everything mentality. And with his teammates not really picking him up, the more it's in Lamar Jackson's head that, okay, I need to do this. That's something we're seeing with Sam Darnold a little bit at USC. You know, the kind of the mentality that, you know, I need to, it's all on me. I need to get it done. So for Lamar Jackson down the stretch, I uh, just need to see him show, even if it's baby steps, development as a passer, uh, not making those mistakes. Uh, he, the stat line looked okay through for over 350 yards, but again, they, Louisville never led in that game. Uh, you know, from Lamar Jackson, just need to see progression as a passer. Are you sold on any of these guys already that when they hit the NFL, it's going to be a franchise changer? Like, do you have that with Sam Darnold? I only ask because with Sam Darnold, the yeah. numbers on him this year, uh-uh. Like just looking, and, and right. that's not how we do this, obviously. Right. But just from the wide view, you look at a guy who, what, going into the weekend, what was it, like nine touchdowns and eight picks? It, 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 that's not impressive at all. That's not even close no. to impressive for a college player. No, but in what we've said before, he's following the James Winston script, where he was so good as a redshirt freshman, then a sophomore year, he gets that mentality where, you know, I need to, you know, so much is on me. I, I lose some guys from last year. You know, you lose... Uh, three key members of your offensive line from last year. You lose Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, might be a, a solid NFL player, but for USC, he was a big part of that offense. Even a Dory Jackson, when he got to play snaps on offense, made a difference for that team. So, you know, losing all that, Sam Darnold knowing a lot more is on his plate this year. We can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen the rest of this season, but if the draft was held tomorrow, I would have no problem taking Sam Darnold number one. With the understanding... He's 20 years old. He's a redshirt sophomore. I'm not putting him out there from day one unless I'm sold that he can handle it. And even if I do put him out there, it's like, you know, this past rookie class where, you know, Mitchell Trubisky last night, Monday Night Football, he did a lot of very positive things out there. Yeah, if you didn't watch the game and you see the numbers, it's going to look like Mitch wasn't very good. But I think if you were watching, you saw a guy that, first of all, in Chicago, is Kendall Wright the number one receiver? Right now. Okay, so they have zero NFL receivers. (laughs) And Mitch had to use every bit of athleticism he had in the pocket all night to try to find a way to make throws. And he's moving right. He's moving left. Right. He's making throws. Like I, I, I'm still comfortable that uh, I, I think Mitch was the best quarterback in that draft class, mm-hmm. even though I don't know if I'd bet on him to have the best NFL career because leading up to that draft, I think we talked about it. And I know I said, tell me where they go. Mm-hmm. Because I do believe that, you know, in a vacuum, I would take Mitch as the first quarterback, which the NFL did as well. But he was, I don't, he wasn't can't miss. A guy with 13 games at North Carolina wasn't a can't miss yeah. guy. It was like, four- no, but I really like his tools more than right. these other guys. But Deshaun Watson could have the best career. He's in a good situation. That could happen. Pat yeah. Holmes, we haven't seen yet. Right. Uh, so who knows? But Mitch is off to a good start. Deshaun is now kind of humming along even though his stat line is going to lie to you right. from over the weekend because 
Kansas City won that game basically in what early third quarter. It was right. kind of over, and then Deshaun's like, "Yeah, baby, stats, let's go." Is Deshaun Watson playing better? Uh, we'll get back to the recap quickly, but sorry, is this Deshaun is a Watson, draft show as well, so we like to track the rookies and the draft and all that. Is Watson playing better than you expected him to play uh, when you studied him at Clemson? So yes, far through a little four bit. or five games, a little bit. I think he's playing a little bit better. He's you know he's. He's putting up the numbers, and mm-hmm. he has stretches where he plays really, really well. Right. You know, there was a stretch against Kansas City there where it may have been a drive or two where he was much better at the things that I didn't think he was great at in college, where he got crazy in the pocket, and he's like, okay, got to move, got to keep Drops your eyes up, got to stay yeah. alive, right. and let it rip. And it was like, holy cow. Yeah. If he can do that consistently, then yeah, he's going to be good. Yeah, and that was really his biggest thing at Clemson was uh, – well, first of all, the downfield passing. I mean, his 17 picks last year, uh, you know, his downfield reads uh, were an issue at times. And then just you know, dealing with pressure. And that's the biggest thing for a lot of college quarterbacks uh, because a lot of times they don't see the type of pressure you're going to see in the NFL. And so if they don't handle it well with a small sample size in college, it's not a good recipe for when they go to the pros. And a lot of times, drop your eyes, uh, especially with Sean Watson talking about an athletic quarterback who can rely on his legs to do some work. In the NFL, you're just not going to be able to do that, and that's why you know I still gave Deshaun Watson a first round grade. You know, I, I thought you know he was uh, he was worth a, a pick there, but I did have strong concerns about could he win from the pocket, and so far so good with Deshaun Watson in terms of his development in that area. Still very young, even if he was playing terribly, it's not the time to you know say that Deshaun Watson's a bust. It's just it's time to evaluate these guys. Same thing with uh, you know Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland. I know it hasn't been pretty. But I, I don't know. Hugh Jackson's not doing him any favors. It's amazing that the Browns hired Hugh Jackson because he's a of quarterback whisperer, isn't he, Dane? Quarterback guy and a great play caller. And so far, that's been the two biggest issues with this team. And so, you know, he's not doing it, Deshaun Kaiser any favors, uh, abandoning the run game. Uh, and then also on the, the game on Sunday with the Browns, it was three nothing game to the Jets at halftime. For the first time this year, the Browns were in a position to possibly win in the second half. Yeah, you couldn't say that with the first four games this year. But for the first time, Miles Garrett was out there, homie. Played what nineteen snaps, had two sacks, looked great. Still, you could tell he's hurt out there, but he played great. Uh, But for and they pulled Deshaun Kaiser at halftime. If I'm Hugh Jackson, then what was the point of starting him from day one? This is a perfect opportunity. Let your rookie quarterback make halftime adjustments. Look, I know he played terrible in the first half. He had two turnovers in the red zone going in to score, and so that's why Cleveland was shut out in the first half. But it's a perfect opportunity to let your your rookie quarterback make those adjustments at halftime, go out and try to win a football game in the second half against a very beatable team with the Jets. Instead, he went to Kevin Hogan. Brown And look, Kevin Hogan, probably the better quarterback right now this very second with the playbook with his understanding of NFL defenses. But again, that's not why you started Kaiser from the start. You started him because you want to see if you can develop him. And for them to abandon on Kaiser so early, just it really is really confusing. I, I get it why Hugh did it. Say it's dumb. Let the word It is dumb. Yeah. Oh, it there dumb. it is. Rip it. Wah! Idiots. I get I get why Hugh did it because he's starting to get desperate. They flirted with 0-16 last year, finished 1-15. This year, looks like they're on pace to flirt with 0-16 again. So, But NFL teams have to come to grips with this. Once you hit 0-5, I mean, realistically, once you hit 0-3, you could do it. Losing's okay, guys. Well, it now kind of becomes yeah. the goal. Well, and, the, Like the Giants, I think the Giants just got lucky yeah. that they lost Odell Beckham. 
Because now you're going to get to, at the end of the season, decide what you want to do. In terms of, like, in Cleveland, here's why I agree with you on Cleveland. Like, Deshaun Kaiser, he needs to start all 16. Right. Because you're going to have a decision to make after that 16th one. Mm-hmm. You might have the first pick in the draft. Very good Is chance. Kaiser going to be your guy or not? You'll never know if you're going to yank him up and down and up and down. You either let the guy play and figure out if you need a quarterback or you get to the offseason and go, huh, I'm not sure. Exactly. And that's stupid. Right. Yeah. So the Giants are lucky that they lose all their receivers. And you want to lose games. The moment Cleveland started Kaiser from the season opener, they punted on the season. I mean, 21-year-old quarterback, second-round quarterback, with the talent around him on that roster, you're not going to the playoffs. I mean, you're you're punted on the season. So at that point, you just if you have to see if you can develop the quarterback. So uh, that this quarterback class, it, interesting thing we'll look back on. You know, we talked so much about this upcoming quarterback class. Could this past quarterback class, the Trubisky, the Kaiser, the Watson, the Mahomes, could it end up being better than the quarterback class we have coming up with? Presumably, Darnold, Rosen, Lamar Jackson, the rest of, uh, you know, we'll see what other juniors come out with Josh Allen, Fitzgerald, those other guys, and then the senior class with Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield, those guys. Could this past draft class be better? It'll be something that, you know, that's not a question for today, but moving forward, something that's uh, will be interesting to track. Sidebarring to the NFL is now my new favorite thing to do on Trust the Tape. Mm. Rookies matter, everybody. They You're do. liking this content. You're loving it. You should probably tweet us both right now. And Next say, week, Tariq Cohen. Can he keep it up? Damn right he can. It's Tariq Cohen. We'll see. I tried to tell you, Dane. He might lead that team in targets. He's strong. Tariq Cohen got them. He's got thighs. <laughs> oh, he's too small. He's strong, though. You just got to be strong. You got to have a good butt and good, strong thighs. And there's a difference between being short and small. Yeah, yeah, he's stocky. Yeah, yeah, he's not Darren Sproul stocky, but he's stocky enough. Yeah, that's my guy. Uh, okay, back to college football. You mentioned uh, TCU earlier. They had a big win. Yeah, my team. Yeah, that's my squad. Yeah. TCU. I'm a, I got that purple. I got to get a hat. Uh, what about our boy Will Greer? Our guy, I thought, played pretty well. Just didn't do enough. It wasn't enough. Uh, TCU's got a good team. I think if you just pull up the box score and go quarterback versus quarterback, you'd say, hey, Will Greer threw the ball better than Kenny Hill did. Yeah. Well, Kenny Hill did have a touchdown he d- reception. It was a great a catch. rushing touchdown. It was a, a great, passing touchdown. Great catch on the throwback. Yeah. And some good after catch work out of Kenny Hill there. He's still Kenny Hill. Uh, I still don't consider him a legit NFL prospect. The mechanics are such a mess. But hey, credit for him because he's avoiding that fatal flaw, which was really his undoing at AM and then the first few years at. Uh, TCU. So far, he's avoiding it. Uh, and if he can keep this up and uh, keep leading that offense, TCU is going to be interesting. I, th- I've been pretty hard on the Big 12 over the years, but one way I think the conference really gets it right is every team plays everybody in that conference. So, Well, they don't really have a choice because they only get like four teams now, right? right? Everybody left. Basically. So, But it, it's still... I, I like the way they do that. Yeah. You know, there's no avoiding in a, another team, and so TCU still has to play Oklahoma. You know, they still have to play uh, even like, it's Tech. A, a, yeah, a team like Texas Tech, who playing a lot better this year. They're ranked. They're four and one. So it, it's something that for TCU right now, you can make an argument. Uh, well, I mean, you can make an easy argument that the best team in the conference right now, only undefeated left. But they still have a long road ahead. Texas is undefeated in conference, Dane. I just want you to know that. Big win over the weekend. Yeah. Overtime. Got to win. Yeah. Against a bad team. That's what you need. You got to beat the bad teams. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You got to do it. You do. Is the Big 12, um, you think they're going to be one of the ones that cannibalizes themselves out of the playoffs, though? Because at this point, OU over the weekend obviously was the biggest choke job maybe right. in college football this year to lose to a bad football team. 
They're not uh, a bad football team. To lose to an They're average, average football, football team, team yeah. as a, quote, top five team, that's that's pretty embarrassing. But yet, I think I would still look at the Big 12, and I would say I think OU's probably the best team, and Baker Mayfield is going to give you the chance to beat whoever you play on mm-hmm. any given Saturday. So when TCU and OU play each other, I will pick OU to win that football game. I don't blame then it. we're going to get to a title game of one loss teams and who's going to win it. And is this going to, or maybe it'll be more than one loss between at least one of the combatants. And maybe that team wins the big 12 title game. And at that point you're basically out of the playoff. Yeah. Do you think at this point, they're the most likely power conference to miss the playoff? I think so. And I think that that was the answer before the season started. And I think it's still the answer now. I'm just I'm worried for the Big 12 that that conference championship game is going to hurt them. Yeah, you know if a, a team like a one-loss Oklahoma goes and then you know either you know loses to uh, a two-loss whatever, I mean, then you basically might get knocked out of the playoffs for losing in the conference championship game, which didn't exist last year. So if it happened last year, then you're in. So it's something that because we're going to end up with a Big Ten title game of something like Wisconsin, Penn State. Yeah, then that leaves Ohio State open if Wisconsin wins. Well, Wisconsin <laughs> versus the winner of Ohio State Penn State. Yeah, yeah. So, and if the Ohio State Penn State side of that wins that game and they're a one loss team, they're going to go to the playoff. Well, and, and we got to see what Wisconsin or whoever is, right. you know, out of that other side is at that point, too. But I think I'm just taking those names more seriously because I know how people vote. And I, I put this out there on Twitter, but I think it's time we start talking about a conference having two teams in the football, uh, college football playoff, which hasn't happened yet. But well, I think Mike, Mike Leach wants uh, like 64 teams in the yeah. playoff, which well, is actually lower than his number used to be. He used to think it needed to be bigger. Did you hear him explain? He went into I have detail. the audio. I haven't listened okay, to it good. yet, but since we do a radio show, anytime that Mike Leach talks, <laughs> there's a girl named, I believe her name is like Lindsay Joy, maybe on Twitter. She covers Washington State. Okay. And so she just posts Mike Leach videos every day that he has a press conference. Beautiful. And every time it's up there, I just hit the favorite button because I know I'm going to play it on the air. <laughs> it's just like, we're playing this. I don't care what it is. I promise you it'll be great. Well, I agree. And back back to my point about two teams... I'm talking about the SEC with, you know, the SEC is down this year. There's no question. You're talking about unbeaten unbeated Georgia against unbeaten teams. Alabama, no matter who wins the title if game? If both these teams went out, the loser of the SEC championship game was going to have a very strong case to make it. Let's just, all right, for argument's sake, a very likely scenario is Clemson goes undefeated. Okay. Wins the ACC, go undefeated, they're in. Penn State, let's say they go undefeated and... Uh, they win the Big Ten, they're in. Now in the Pac-12, we're going to say that Washington is a one-loss conference champion. Let's say, yeah, I say, yeah, Washington State, so, so, someone knocks off Washington, so they're a one-loss one loss conference champion. Uh, Big 12. You have a one-loss conference champion. Okay. Uh, then you have the SEC, where the loser of the SEC championship Let's game, make it Bama, just for fun. Bama yeah, loses yeah. the title game to Georgia. A one-loss non-conference champion, but you could argue they easily have the best loss out of those t- of the of the remaining one-loss teams. So what will come into play more? The fact that... I made it Bama because I think the voters would give Bama yeah. more of an edge than they would Georgia. Well, I, I agree there, definitely. But even if it is Georgia, I mean, I still think that Georgia would have a, a decent shot at making it uh, and SEC getting two teams in. It's, it's tough because... It, it might depend on 
obviously it'll depend on how they play, but a team like Washington, who they lose to, uh, you know, how their how their games play. They play a lot of close games where Georgia seems to get better every week. Alabama has been just, you know, running through the SEC no problem. So it, it should be an interesting dynamic down the stretch. I, I don't I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the chances of SEC or a, a, a conference getting two teams in, I think increases every week that Georgia plays better and better. Okay, so just recapping, if anybody missed it, your best schools in the country, Bama beat A&M, not by the margin. No, they a- thought they would. Someone, A&M hung tough. Yes, it gives A&M credit for hanging in there. It was a, you know, a two-score game and late in the fourth quarter uh and, you know, they they did what they needed to do, I thought. You know, I they they kept the crowd engaged and uh, it, it was it was a fun game for A and M because you at least thought there was a chance for most of the game. Number two, Clemson, no problem, two score win against Wake Forest. Number three, Penn State, thirty one to seven over Northwestern. Hey, another you look at the box score, another bad game for Saquon Barkley, right? Yeah. And but when you watch the game, you realize Northwestern they're selling out for Saquon Barkley, making you. Uh, go through the air to beat them and that's what Indiana did and so Saquon Barkley not getting the production the stats but it's still he's showing his impact by the way it affects the entire game Georgia of course to your point 45-14 over Vandy and it seems like every week now Georgia just freaking rolls somebody getting better Georgia is a juggernaut um I'll pick them to beat Bama in the SEC title game. Ooh. I think I'll pick them to beat Bama. They can play that style of game, and they have a quarterback. I think the measuring stick for me is going to be they both these teams, Alabama and Georgia, have Auburn on the schedule. How both teams play Auburn uh, down the stretch, that will kind of be my barometer to you know who I like better going in the SEC championship game. Uh, Washington blew out Cal 38-7. to That's your number five team. Uh, we already mentioned the TCU win is number six. Uh, and then I don't have all the numbers in front of me. Wisconsin knocks off Nebraska easily. Uh, Washington State beat Oregon easily. So kind of status quo at the top other than the yeah. OU loss shaking that up a little bit. But we everybody else just rolling along. We saw Florida State fall to 1-3 and three for the first time in a long, long time. You can't lose your quarterback in college football. No. You lose no. your quarterback, you're in trouble in college football. And credit to Miami for a little bit of an upswing there. I, I, w- I would say you know they might be the favorites to... Uh, come out of that side of the ACC, face Clemson in the ACC championship games. That could be a little bit of fun. Good for that program. Uh, when Miami's good, college football just seems like it's yeah. it's more fun. Well, and we got to mention, I think, uh, when it comes to Heisman talk, because you mentioned Saquon Barkley at Penn State, yeah. best running back in the country, maybe the best player in the country. But at the same time, when you're voting for the Heisman, so much of the stats come into play. And I, to me, your new front runner for the Heisman mm. Trophy is Bryce Love, the running back at Stanford. Wow, he is now what at like twelve hundred and fifty yards. He's still averaging double digits uh, per carry, over two hundred yards per game. Yeah. I think he's got to be up top with the OU loss that hurts Baker Mayfield with Saquon Barkley, another game where he doesn't rush for a hundred yards. That this guy is going out there every week for two hundred yards at ten or eleven yards a clip. Yeah, and against uh, Utah, who pretty good run defense, he had 152 yards, and so his yards per carry average on the season actually lowered. Yeah, he because he only averaged 7.6. That's like yeah. four yards below his average. Uh, really, I mean, he if you take away, he had one long run. You take that away, I thought it was a pretty average game they from count, him. They count, Dane. The long no, one they counted. do. They do. I'm just saying, it wasn't up to par with his first few, but he set the bar so high with a 300-yard game, uh, a couple 200-yard games. 
So uh, I think moving forward in the Pac-12. He's only going to have like 2,200 yards. Well, I think the most encouraging thing for me with Bryce Love is he had more than half of his yardage in that game against Utah in the fourth quarter. And for a guy that's sub 200 pounds, you worry about him breaking down, you know, taking a lot of hits. But so far, that hasn't been the case. He's been strong into the fourth quarter. Uh, and if he can be able to stay strong in the second half of the schedule, that will obviously tell the tale of whether or not he's uh, looked at as a Heisman favorite uh, when we get to late November. And for me, Saquon Barkley is still a favorite, but. Uh, I don't, this is, it's a muddled field. He might be the favorite, but if they, if what happened was end of the world asteroid was coming, this is always the scenario that matters. Asteroids coming, it hits tonight and you had to vote now, like, hey, who won the Heisman this year? You would vote for Bryce Love. Don't you lie to me. No, I, well, I mean, thank God we don't have to to make that decision. Well, you do. I'm I'm making you make that decision. If Saquon Barkley goes for 200 yards against Northwestern. He doesn't get to. There's an asteroid coming. Does it really? I'm saying, but this past weekend, if he blew blew up against Northwestern, is that really that impressive? I what, what's no, but it, but that's how they're gonna, you're going to win the trophy or not? Is you're either going to no, end but with how how you're going to win the trophy yards or you're not? But how you're going to win the trophy is how you do against Ohio State. So how Saquon Barkley does? I think it's I think it's Halloween weekend. Ohio State, Penn State. How he does against Ohio State when a lot of eyes are going to be on him? I think that's going to be the difference about whether or not he can win. Because again, with Bryce Love, who's watching that, those games? I mean, Stanford. This, I am this dang. coming weekend. I am. They play. At I'm a, watching the highlights. 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, you're watching the highlights. I'm watching the highlights. <laughs> so, look, I it, it's th- thank God we don't have to make a decision right now because I mean Baker Mayfield, even with that loss, he's probably still third. I mean, you have Barkley and Love, whatever order you want, one, two. Baker Mayfield, third, and then who four and five? I have no idea. Lamar Jackson, I don't think he can be in that discussion. He's still now. got numbers. You could still yeah. run his numbers out there, but right. I'm I'm looking for winners. Yeah. And who are they? Joel Lanning, Iowa State. Play a little quarterback, I've seen him mentioned. play a little linebacker. I've seen him mentioned. I, I, Joel Lanning. I saw Bradley Chubb on somebody's top five list. Ah. NC State defensive end. Yeah, the way he can disrupt a game, you know. Joel Lanning, I tell you what, he he's not a guaranteed draft pick by any means, but he's the type of dude, you get him in training camp, if he can play special teams, good chance he can make an NFL roster with that competitive attitude he has. Uh, played... I have 70 plus snaps, uh, so many on uh, like 12 at quarterback, 60 some at uh, linebacker, another dozen on special teams. Really impressive. Rashad Penny, San Diego State running back. Good name, yeah. Another 170 yards, two touchdowns. They're ranked. He's Bryce Love's number one in in the FBS in rushing. Rashad Penny's number two. He's I think 993 rushing yards. I want to say so far this season. So. Uh, yeah, Penny, definitely a dark horse in this race. All right, we good on recapage? I think so. I think we covered it all. All right, cool. There's no ranked games coming up this weekend, Dane. Uh, you know, this past weekend we didn't think would be that exciting, but, you know, Iowa State gave us a little treat. By the way, congrats to Matt Campbell, Mount Union alum. That Makes good soup. He's, uh... <laughs> He's on his way up. I mean, he's going to be a you know, Iowa State needs to enjoy their time with him now because he's going to be moving on to greener pastures pretty quickly. Uh, this weekend we have. Shouldn't he just go to OU? Like, if you knock off a school like that, shouldn't you just flip coaches if you're OU? Just oh. be like, hey, man. For Lincoln Riley, he's got a. You wonder if you were looking forward maybe a week to the Red River rivalry coming up this Saturday, overlooking an Iowa State, uh, and so now with a loss on your uh, on your record going against Texas, which has a lot of momentum after that win. 
Hook uh, him. I'm a big Texas guy. <laughs> yeah. So what? I think Oklahoma was favored by a touchdown. I think going into this game, uh, you know we we've watched this rivalry for years. Uh, it's cliche to say throughout the records, but you really do in this game because uh, I've I've seen the underdog beat the favorite you know, many times in this rivalry. Uh, this throw is, the uh, records out the window when these guys play, Dane. Yeah, that's what you do. You do, and I think it's it's that holds true with this game this weekend. Is Bouchelle done playing quarterback at the University of Texas? Can't stay healthy. I mean, it's we'll see. I, I still think that he, Tom Herman, wants to start him when he's healthy. Um, but you got to stay out there and be productive. And at some point, can't ignore what the the true freshman's doing, Ellinger. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Ooh, Texas Tech, West Virginia. There's a decent game for you. That's a decent little football yeah. game. Texas Tech, are you for real? Uh, they're playing a little defense down in Lubbock, which you know isn't. We haven't said a lot of. It's very new to them. Yeah, they got very a new decent, concept. I like their middle linebacker. He's a good player. Are they uh, a threat to TCU, Texas Tech, or do you think defensively that TCU will be like, nah, we're good here? Well, they've played well against uh, Tech. Oklahoma State was uh, that offense was too much, and I think with TCU, I think they can do enough on defense. They got enough weapons on offense that uh, that freshman they have, Rager, he. He was awesome for for the Horn Frogs. Uh, John Dyers, the LSU transfer receiver. Uh, Kyle Hicks is coming back at running back. I think TCU, they're the best team in that conference. I think, but Woo. we'll see. I guess I that know. shouldn't be surprising since they're undefeated, huh? No, but I mean, Oklahoma, I'm just not used to it. TCU's, uh, I'm new to them being back. I'm, I'm still a believer in Oklahoma State because that offense they can score at will. I mean, Texas Tech. Uh, we'll see if they're, you know, if they, if they can get through the West Virginias, the Kansas States. You know, th- that's what will tell us if Texas Tech is for real. We know it in any one game they can knock off uh, in Oklahoma. They can knock off at Texas, but if they can consistently win week in week out, obviously that'll uh, be the difference. Uh, Auburn and LSU. Not a bad game uh, coming up this weekend. You know, we uh, that's the three thirty CBS game of the week. Uh, LSU coming off a big win in Gainesville. Kind of you, you'd like to see that. Coach O took a lot of heat after that loss to Troy. You saw his players kind of stick up for him. I thought with the with a statement win against Florida. So I, I for LSU, it's now can you get back on track? You know, it's they're they're not going to be a, a a 10 11 win team this year, but. You need to make sure that you're an eight nine win team, and could they go and knock off in Baton Rouge? A very talented Auburn squad that's playing really well right now. What else, Dane? Is that um, a good segue? What else, Dane? Did we miss anything? Utah USC. That's the Saturday night game on ABC. That's another chance to see Sam Darnold, see what he can do uh, against a, a Utah team that's always has a good defense. This year's no exception. Uh, for Sam Darnold, can he settle down and? Uh, stop throwing interceptions. Stop making those uh, those decisions that kind of waver on you know head scratching. So uh, another chance to see Sam Darnold, see what he can do. We had our first uh, head coach leave with uh, Gary Anderson moving on from Oregon State. Yeah, great kicking career from Gary too. <laughs> uh, Is it the same guy? No. Okay. No, no. I, was, I was trying to make a joke, but then I wasn't sure. Maybe he was a heck of a coach. Maybe he really knew the game. Surprising, he left so much money on the table. Uh, yeah, something will come out about that. Some, yeah, something. Yeah, something will come out about that, right? That. <laughs> but uh, one one thing I did want to ask you: I received this question on Twitter, and watching some of that Ohio State game made me think of it again. The most underrated and overrated 
broadcasters football just oh, nfl and college man. football i'm so bad with broadcasters oh i'm I'll, the I'll, I'll worst go, I'll go with broadcasters I, I think i have an i think of an unfavorable opinion for overrated gus johnson who like, i'm not gonna fight you, like, if, you I, want I me get to, it. if you want me to fight somebody on broadcast opinions you got the wrong guy tear okay. him up tear I gus get it. up like okay la- the last two minutes of a game a close game a big hit you want gus johnson you know, making those calls. I get it. But for the course of four quarters, it's, kind it's of a tough. Beating. It's, it's, it's rough. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he just doesn't know the game as well as some other guys. I mean, he's making constant mistakes. It just, it's rough to listen to, but I get why people like him because again, during the highlights, a big play, he's sure the energy level he brings, it's fun, but for all four quarters, eh, I don't know. Uh, the only guy I have a current opinion on, I like Collinsworth. He's one of my guys. I'm a Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth. I'm actually a Collinsworth guy. I know uh, a lot yeah, of people hate good. him. I think he's good. Him and Al Michaels do a nice His job. His website needs work. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Romo guy, too. Yeah. Now, Romo could use not a full one, but like half a Xanax. If he got like <laughs> half a one and just brought it down about a half step, that would be great. But, uh, yeah, those are the announcers that I actually know. I don't know broadcasters. No. And okay. I'm a broadcaster. Uh, yeah, you when people call do this a for game, a living. I never think about them unless huh. they're awful. Like when Phil Sims called games, yeah. I noticed it because he's the worst that's ever done it. And he right. did it forever. Uh, that was embarrassing. Chris Berman, I noticed when he calls a game because he's awful. I'm with you there. Uh, and that's about it. Other than that, I just kind of, if you're a good broadcaster, I know it because I don't think about you. You're just kind of there. Uh, I, th- out. I, th- I think a lot of people do think that way too. So, but I'm with you on Berman. Give me, I like him during the draft. I like him during the home run derby. But besides that, eh. back, 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 back. Like, it's yeah. a punt, Chris. It's a punt. <laughs> no one cares that the returner's going backwards. You don't have to say it that way. It's okay. <laughs> what else, Dane? I think we can end on that now. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, we'll see you next week when we'll be back, 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 back on Trust the Tape. How do I hit the button? Hold on, I gotta hit the button. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.